Club. It's actually the first time I've uh, been with our uh, church on Father's Day, I think in uh, like three or four months. And so uh, Pastor Mike, he's he's been running the running the Father's Day. I've always been, uh, I go down to a pastor's conference and uh, have kind of just then taken a uh, week's vacation. But this year I couldn't go to that conference. I had some uh, training that had to take place here up in the area. And so I am delighted uh, to be able to be here uh, as a as a physical father, be able to preach on on Father's Day to you. Uh, there was a uh, there was a fourth grade teacher who was uh, correcting some papers that uh, the class had turned in, and she was amazed at uh, at one boy's at one boy's paper. Uh, she was completely shocked at how one person could uh, get so many things wrong on one test, and so she approached uh, the boy and she told her he told him I I fail to understand how one person can miss this many questions on a test. And so this kind of boy that was a little sheepishly, he kind of began to become very confident. He said, but it wasn't only me taking the test. My father helped. And so oftentimes our society promotes dads as doofuses, right? There isn't a single sitcom seemingly at night on television that doesn't have have the father or, or the dad uh, being the one that causes the problems. He's the goof, the goofball. But what I want to say to you gentlemen this morning, this message will actually be um, someone that all of us can apply here this morning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to kind of stick with me. But I want to say to you fathers, I'm, I thank God for you. Uh, pre- um, preparing in a tough, is a tough job uh, all in and of itself. And by God's grace, you and I were trying to raise children for the glory of God. And so what I want to tell you what I'm going to do here this morning is we're actually going to, today, we're going to start a um, actually two-week message here. And I know that you're not supposed to do that, but that's okay. And we're just going to enjoy it. This is going to kind of be part one, and we're going to finish again next week. And the design and the desire of this message is really to kick off a series that I'm going to be starting at 10 o'clock. Okay, so for those of you that only come at 11, I'm going to encourage you um, to try to make it a habit of uh, maybe getting here a little bit early, get some coffee and donuts starting at 9.30 to wake you up, and then come at 10 o'clock because in here, in the adult time, we're going to be uh, going over Parenting 101. And uh, everybody can, it will be, uh, be able to be applied to everyone, whether you are in the status of married uh, or not, whether you have um, children or not. It is something that we all can glean from and, and learn from. And my desire this morning is to use this message, obviously, as a promotion for that, but also for you to see that, really, we all can, we, we all can learn from it. So let's read here in our text. Uh, we're, we're not going to look at the entire text here this morning, uh, just for the sake of, it, 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 would, it would take all day, and I know some of you don't want to necessarily be here all day, nor do I want to spend some time with my family as a father here. Verse number 14, 2 Corinthians, words should be up on the screen here that you can follow along. It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one die for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, 
Henceforth now we know man after no no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God, for he hath made him, that being Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This morning, by the grace of God, I want to start a kind of a series, but really uh, just a message here this morning. Who does my child belong to anyways? Who does my child belong to anyways? Let's ask the Lord to bless one more time as we will look into his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, for the privilege that we have to look into it this morning. I thank you for each person and each family that's here. And Lord, we, our hearts and minds go to Uh, those that aren't here and those that have health concerns. And uh, Lord, our minds naturally go to that one if they're feeling okay today. And Lord, we we pray for them. And Father, we pray that as we've gathered that we'd be hungry to hear from you. Lord, we thank you for uh, the songs that we were able to sing and lift up unto you. And we're thankful that we have a good father, but not only are you a good father, you're a holy God. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to glean from your word. Help me, God, as I desire to speak, Lord, exactly what you would have me to speak. I pray as the psalmist has prayed that, Lord, you put a watch upon my lips. Lord, I pray I would only say that which would be used, that you could use for your honor and for your glory. And Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I might describe your house a little bit, it's noisy. Your house is not as clean as you would like it to be. You and your spouse have maybe not been on a date alone for a very long time. The laundry has piled up once again. You just discovered that there's there's nothing to pack for the lunch. You've just broken up another fight. The schedule for the week seems to look impossible. You seem to have more expenses than you do have money. None of the people around you seem to be satisfied. And oh, by the way, you are extremely exhausted and you feel unappreciated. Did I not just nail what parenting is? Can I get an amen from somebody here? Absolutely. See, what happens is is in the middle of the endless parenting activities, many parents, they get lost. We're doing lots of things and lots of good things, but we don't necessarily know why. We've been swallowed up by the daily grind of parenting, but oftentimes we lose sight of what we are working for or what we are building towards. We don't always understand why the ones that we love so much can bring out just the most, I don't know, just the most anger out of us, the most, the most angst. And you would say, no, no, I love my children, yet they can rile me up like nobody else in this world. And sometimes we don't understand that. The menial tasks that we have to do day in and day out, frustrate us 
And they don't seem to make any sense when it comes to the grand scheme of parenting. Although 15 years of personal ministry experience, it's, I'll be honest with you, it's not a ton of experience. But throughout those 15 years of ministering to people, I've had hundreds and hundreds of exhausted parents asking for a more effective strategy for specific areas. But what we really need is a big picture parenting worldview that can explain, guide, and motivate us into what God desires for us to be as a dad and certainly as a mom that we celebrated on Mother's Day. It's, if you and I are going to not only just cope, but if you and I are going to thrive with vision and joy as a parent, then you and I, we need to more we need more than just the, the next book that gives us, you know, seven steps on how to help Johnny with his laziness, or five steps on, you know, how to help him with his anger. We need, hear me, we need more than that. You need God's helicopter view, so to speak, of what he has called you to do. Here's what you need. You need a big gospel parenting worldview that will not only make your make sense of your task, but will also change the way that you approach. Yes, you heard me correctly. You and I, this morning, what we need is I am deeply persuaded that what we are missing in Christian parents' parenting are the big, grand principles of the gospel. These gospel perspectives and principles, they're very radical. They're very counterintuitive. They're simply not uh, natural for us. But they're essential to being what you're supposed to be and doing to help you do what you are supposed to do. And so if you're here this morning, you say, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a parent you might be a parent someday and you can glean and you can learn. And certainly I got a long introduction this morning. As soon as we get to kind of the main meat of the message, it can be something that every single one of us apply. When you and I parent with what the gospel says about God, with what the gospel says about you and your world and your child and God's grace, you not only approach parenting in a brand new way, so to speak, but you carry the burden of parenting in a, in, in a different way. We don't always do it you know, begrudgingly. Instead, we carry the, the burden that it is to parent with great joy. Now, I don't know about you, but do you ever get lost in your journey of your life? Do you ever get lost in your journey maybe of parenting for those of you that parent or if you want to apply it to your life, just ever get lost in your day-to-day living of a job and in all the different places that you want to go? I know that I do. But the big picture starts with knowing who you are. I don't mean your name. <laughs> I don't mean your address. I don't mean you know for you to memorize your social security number. I mean who you are in relation to who God is who you are in relation to what life is about and to who your children are. See, if you and I don't have the who you are perspective right, you will miss the essence of what God has called you to and what God has called me to, and we will become and we will do things that honestly God never intended us to do. 
I'm afraid that the confusion and the dysfunction that we have when it comes to parenting often brings with parents having an ownership view of their parenting. An ownership view of their children. Now, it's seldom expressed like that. But what it often looks like and what it is often expressed is that, you know, these children belong to me so I can parent them the way that I see fit. So many people today in our generation, and it's not only people outside these four walls that aren't believers, it's even inside the church, people that know Christ as their Savior, we carry a mentality that our children are ours. And I'm going to raise them the way that I want to raise them. Now, we don't say it like that. I, I, I get that. But it gets fleshed out. And so my prayer and my desire, you're going to have to stick with me this morning, and it's a different, in a sense, a different type of message, but my desire is to give us a, to kind of give us a hunger and to give us a thirst for what we need for the days ahead in raising the next generation. You say, I don't have kids. Well, you and I, listen, if we're adults, we still have a responsibility to the next generation. And how can we shepherd them? How can we, how can we help them properly? And so ownership, parenting, it's not necessarily selfish. It's not necessarily abusive or destructive. It simply involves a subtle shift in thinking. It's a thought process of this is my child. I am the owner and the director of my children's path. This, this shift is subtle. And the reasons why it's subtle is because it takes place in the little mundane moments of your life. I'm going to be very heavy here this morning early. And I promise you, I'll, I'll rescue you with the gospel. I'll, I'll rescue you with Christ. But please, please hear me out this morning. Say, Pastor, it's, it's Father's Day. What are you doing? No, no, no. Just hear me out. Okay? It's in, it's in the little moments. It's in the, it's, it's in the mundane moments. Moments that seem so small. Moments that seem so insignificant that we're unaware of any even movement going on in our families, but there is a great movement going on. The shifts are significant precisely because those little moments, those mundane day after day, the monotony of, oh, I've got to do this again today, is exactly where you live. That's where your address is. You and I do not live in these massive moments of big, huge decisions you might make in your life. A dozen of those? Just these monumental decisions that are going to alter everything. Maybe, you know, who you might marry someday if you're not married in here. Or, you know, what kind of job you're going to take. What kind of direction of college and things. But the vast majority of your life and the vast majority of my life are just little decisions. Mundane. What am I going to do here? What am I going to say here? Those different types of things. Very little of our parenting takes place in the magnanimous, significant moments. Instead, it's in the small moments. Let me help you with this. Be up on the screen. Parenting takes place on the fly. It is when we're not really paying attention. Or we are greeted with things that we did not know we were going to be dealing with that day. Hear me. That's parenting. Parenting is the in the moment 
moment-by-moment basis. It is the repeated cycle of little unplanned moments that is the soul-shaping workroom of our children of character. We okay? All right? Stick with me, please. Ownership parenting is motivated and shaped by what parents want for their children and from their children. It is driven by a vision of what we want our children to be and what someday we hope to get from our children in return. Oh, it seems right. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, wishing evil necessarily upon them. You know, it seems right. Uh, You know, it feels right. And you and I are many times doing what is right, but it is foundationally misguided and misdirected. I want you to please listen to me carefully here as we kind of get ready to shift a little bit. Good parenting, which does what God intends it to do, begins with a radical, humbling recognition that our children do not belong to us. That's where good parenting starts. It starts with a humble recognition that this child, this son, or this daughter does not belong to me. Stick with me if you don't have kids. Applications coming. Every child in every home, everywhere on the globe, belongs to the one who created them. And that is God. I want you to see this in Psalm 127, verse number 3. It says, Lo, children are an heritage of what? The Lord. Talk to me. Of the what? Lord. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. So listen, every single child on this earth, which you and I have at some point were a child, every child on this earth belongs to God. But Ryan, it's my kid. I love him. Promise you, you don't love him more than God. I know. Listen, I told you it's going to be. It's radical. It's counterintuitive to think that God would actually care more for your son or your daughter than you would. But but children are God's possession, and listen, they're His possession for His purpose. That means that His plan for parents, for you and for me, if you're a parent, is that we would be His agents. That we would be the ones that, 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 that kind of representing Christ or representing God in those children's lives. And so what I want us to do is I want us to kind of go back to, our, back to our text here this morning. And Nick, I want you to look for verse number 20. I'm going to throw you on a loop there a little bit. I want you to, well, we're going to look at verse number 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. You guys did great with the introduction, okay? Now I'm going to begin to start to land it, all right? Okay? But we are ambassadors for Christ. And so the word that the Bible uses for this intermediary position is ambassador. It really is the perfect word for what God has called parents to be and what God has called parents to do. See, the only thing, and this would apply for any person that's here, any Christian that is here, not only parenting, obviously the direct application will be to the moms and the dads, but the only thing an ambassador does, well, at least if he's interested in keeping his job, 
is to faithfully represent the message. To faithfully represent the methods and the character of the leader who sent him. He's not free to think and to speak and to act independently. Okay, Everything he does... Every decision that he makes, every interaction that he must, every interaction that he has must be shaped by one single question. Okay? I want to I simplify your life right now. I want to simplify your parenting right now. And this is the question that an ambassador will ask of himself every moment of every day. And here's what it is What is the will of and plan of the one who sent me what is the will and the plan of the one who sent me okay so we've already seen right in psalm 127 that all children who are the heritage of the heritage of the lord they're the fruit or they're, they're his reward so every single child that has ever walked this earth which is you and i even as adults now okay we belong to god and so god or the word tells us that you and i we are an ambassador. We are in his place. And so you and I ought to be asking if we are a parent, or you and I ought to be asking in our in our life, whatever stage we're in, what is his will and what is the plan of the one that sent me? What does God want to do with my life? What does God want to do through me as a mom and a dad for my children? Okay, here's here's the promo for the weeks and weeks and weeks to come at 10 o'clock. We're going to dive into that just specifically. We're going to, hopefully we're going to have some interaction from the adults, okay? It's not just going to necessarily be me. But the ambassador does not represent his own interest. Doesn't represent his own perspective or even his own power. He does everything as an ambassador or he has forgotten who he is and he's not going to be in that position very long for the one who sent him. The one who is he is representing. So parenting is ambassadorial work from beginning to end. It's not to be shaped and directed by personal interests and personal need or cultural perspectives. Every parent everywhere is called to recognize that they've been on earth, they've been placed on earth at a particular time and a particular place to do one thing in the lives of their children. And here's what that one thing is. Is it God's will? It's the thing. Is it God's will? What's the one thing? Is this God's will? Honest with you, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit here. Sometimes I don't even ask that question. Sometimes we just kind of shoot off the hip, right? Remember where parenting takes place. It's not in the grand, magnanimous times. It's the, it's the little moments of the little days. What does God want me to do? And so that question, is it God's will? How do, we, how, do we, how do we bring that to the street level? How do we bring that to where the, where the rubber meets the road? Where, 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 where you and I can actually, we, we can take that and we can, we can kind of put some wheels on it and we can go out here this morning and we can have a better understanding. Here's what it is. Parenting is not first about what we want for our children or from our children, but about what God in grace has planned to do through us in our children. God desires 
for me. God desires for you. It's been a long time. Listen, some of you, you've been in church for a while and you think, we haven't haven't necessarily preached on the family. That's exactly what this series is going to be on. You and I were designed by God to be His ambassador, to help, to represent Him, to say what He would want us to say, to lead in the direction that He would want us to lead, to lose sight of this of this just practical way of looking at things is to end up with a relationship with our children that is at the foundation level is neither Christian nor parenting because we become more about our will rather than our King Jesus' will in their life. We okay? Now I want to stop right here. And I want to say, I'm very bad at what I am preaching this morning. I like sovereignty. I like ownership. I love having my will done on earth and God's will done in heaven. Honestly, I don't like having a parent after 10 p.m. I mean, shouldn't kids run themselves after 10 p.m.? I mean, anybody? Come on, parents. Give me some love. Man, I can't stand it. Well, now I've got a 12-year-old thinking she's 18. That's okay. She's so now she likes. Daddy, can I stay up past 10? Point is, man, I want I want kids to just run themselves. You know, after I say it's time to go to bed, hey, that's my time, right? Doesn't happen that way. I often treat my children as if they are my possession. I at moments lose my mind by taking my parent, my parenting into my own hands and doing things that I shouldn't do or saying things that I shouldn't say. I often am a poor re- representation of God's grace. I often am propelled by fear rather than faith. I often want short-term gain more than I want the long-term transformation. Now this morning, I hope you're okay with this transparency. The reason why I'm being so transparent with you is because this morning I do not want to be your hero. I want this morning, and we will here in a moment, I want to point you to the one that is our hero. I want, you to, I want to point you again this morning to Jesus Christ. He's our King. And I'm going to ask you right now, I know that this has been, this has been tough. None of us feel like we're, 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 we're great parents. I get that. But I want, you to, I want you right now to be honest. And I want you to admit that sometimes you're like me the way I just described. You, do, you too lose your way. You too forget who you are in the middle of endless, repetitive tasks of the same old thing day in and day out. There are moments when your kiddos cause you to lose your mind. There are times when what you're saying and what you're doing it's not helpful. Sometimes it's detrimental. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want your heart to raise and say, yeah, I can acknowledge that. There's times where I take parenting into my hands. I run it the way that I want it to run. And so as I conclude part one, and I know you're not supposed to do that, but that's okay. We're going to do it anyways. Part one of this message of kind of who does, who does my child belong to? I want us to look at our text again. I want you to look at verse number 20 again. It should be up on the screen. 
Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. The word beseech, it means to, to plea. It means you uh, can, can have an argument about it. God is using you, listen, God is using you, the ambassador, to appeal for something in the life of someone else. Saying, I want you to, I want you to be an ambassador. I want you to plead. I want you to, I want you to, in a good way, I want you to argue for me and someone else's life. Now, certainly in this text, there is an, an evangelistic interpretation, an evangelistic application. Okay? But Paul is writing to Christians. And Paul is writing to Christians, and he says, be reconciled to God. Something more than evangelism is in view here for the believer. Certainly, you and I are to bring, to reconcile people that are lost, you know, with God. But I want us to look up into verse number 15 of our text. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So what is the purpose of the cross? Well, Paul says that it is not just for a, uh, uh, for, for a rescue of sinners from their sins. Certainly, they are can be rescued from their sin. And if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ is your Savior, the cross would be of its utmost importance for you to trust Christ as Savior and to be cleansed from your sin. But he said it's not only about sin and their eternity in heaven, but he said it's also about recapturing people's hearts to serve God alone. Here's what happens. Our sin, it causes us to become incredibly self-absorbed. Our sin causes us often to turn inward on ourselves, reducing us to, let me say this, idolatrous worshipers of self. Christ died, according to Paul here, He died to break the back of self-absorbed idolatry. See, the focus of Christ's work is to deliver us from bondage, not only of sin, but bondage to ourselves. Why do believers need to be reconciled to God? Because as long as sin dwells in us, we will tend to wander away from the worship of the Lord. and We'll tend to serve ourselves. So once again this morning, we see how the cross is the answer for our need. The cross. Christ. The gospel. You're having a problem. I'm having a problem with me saying I own these kiddos. They're for me. I want them to go in this direction because they'll be a great reflection of me. I want them to dress this way. Listen, I do all of those things. And my help is Christ. My help is the cross. We often think that the cross is only for salvation, and indeed it is for that. If someone does not come to the cross and trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will spend an eternity separated from God in a place called hell. But the gospel was also meant to be the very tracks that your life runs on 
It's not something that we graduate from. I remember in 1992, I was 12 years old. In August, I came to the cross, figuratively, so to speak. It was, it was, um, given, it was displayed to me in the Word of God, how I can trust Christ. And I remember the day when I trusted Him as my Savior. And so many times what we do is we say, okay, I got that one. What's next? What's the next thing that I need? How else, how else can I grow when it's the gospel and the riches of its counterculture, radical claims of who God is and who you are in Him are meant to be the very tracks that the railroad of your life is forever on. Jesus, my friend, will always be the answer. It's never anything else. As we're going to go through in weeks to come of different, different kind of areas of parenting, you know, what you're, you know what we're going to find? That Jesus Christ and his substitutionary death on the cross is the victor in these areas. So you're struggling with being an ambassador towards your children. Your provision is in Christ. Yield to that once again this morning. Say, God, in the cross, I got what I needed. To not live unto ourselves, but I can live in an ambassadorial way for my kids. Is that what you need? Is that what I need? God is intent in owning our hearts free and clear from our selfishness. His goal is that our lives would be shaped by our worship of Him and nothing else. He has sent us as His ambassadors to make His appeal to people's hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you have kids or not, if you know Christ as your Savior, that, that defines you as an ambassador. And you are to appeal to hearts. You are to appeal. You are to reckon. You are to argue, beseech them to be reconciled with God. Is that what you're doing? What often happens is, is we get caught up in what we're doing. And as a parent, we get caught up in what we want our children to be. And as we grow through this series, as we, as we learn, a couple weeks, we're going to be right back into 2 Thessalonians here. I'm going to transition it to 10 o'clock. But listen, in Christ you have what you need. Would you please just run to him again? I, if you need to be saved, then let today be that day. But Christian, run to him again as your source of help, as the very one that has helped you to release your children unto him. And you can be the ambassador that he desires for you to be. Say, Ryan, you just told me you don't do real well at this. Right now, in a moment, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to run to the Lord in prayer as well. Let's all do it as a church body. God, help me to be the ambassador, whether it's with children or whether it's with whatever area you've put me in. An ambassador that speaks for you and that lives for you and that is asking God, what is your will here on this earth. Every head bowed, every eye closed.